So, this podcast, is it any good? Eh, they follow some shite clubs, but it's a pretty good podcast. Unnamed Soccer Podcast. Absolutely brilliant from Liverpool. And for Barcelona, chaotic, catastrophic. A sensational start. A controversial start. And it's advantage to the Reds. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast. D. Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista. It is also brought to you by Sport Clips, where it is good to be a guy... Darren and myself back from beautiful Chandler, Arizona. We have returned home to a place even more beautiful than Chandler, San Diego. Darren, it is good to see you once again after spending an entire weekend with you on the road. We didn't come back with any points, but I did come back with a hangover. Well, I think you got to remember, win or lose, we drink the brews. So that's the one thing that we can control. We cannot control what happens. Anytime that San Diego Loyal takes the pitch, what we can control is what we can control. And we can control our own hangovers. So win or lose, we drink the brews. We drank the brews. There's no doubt about that. Got on a flight and flew back home. Jordan, good to see you. It was good to see you. It was good to be around other people. We can get into the match itself, but I swear we're recording on a Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. Phoenix Rising hosted SD Loyal Friday night from Wild Horse Pass Stadium in Chandler, a place that was once upon a time known only for its ostrich racing and ostrich festival. True story, everybody. You can, you can Google that. But to come back home and to be around fans and to be around a live sporting event where there was energy and passion and to feel like fans made a difference, I think, in the match, the game that we were watching, that we were there to cover – just to be around other people, like to interact with human beings again on a totally different level than anything we've done for the last 14 months was absolutely just freaking awesome, man. Like it was great. It sucked the result. We'll talk about it, but God, I like just been thinking about how, like how much joy that brought me just, just to, just to experience it, be a part of something like that again. Yeah. could not agree more. It was a fun trip. Um, obviously it's not the result that you want, but we made sure that the trip was fun on our end. It was a quick trip for us as well. We were only in Arizona for less than 24 hours. Um, I'm, I'm really glad you brought up a story that I don't think got enough attention going into this one. And there's several storylines that you have. I think the biggest one is what you brought up. It used to be an ostrich farm. And so I think that's a pretty important detail. I think you and I should actually submit a request to change the name, rebrand Phoenix Rising. They've already relocated to Chandler. The Chandler Ostriches, I think, sound like a name that people can really get behind. And I think it would really be a fun rivalry. We got to see a brand new stadium. That wasn't just the first match of a season, Darren. That was the very first match in a brand new stadium, Wild Horse Pass Stadium. It holds 10,000 plus, 10,000 and change. About 5,000 people showed up for the match. It's a stadium that makes a lot of noise when you walk around on it. You hear every single footstep from everybody. Uh, what, what were your overall impressions? Uh, stadiums are such a big storyline in USL and every single sport. So what'd you think of the brand new stadium? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's modular, right? So, you know, you know that these things usually can be built in about three months. Learned a little bit about the whole modular experience when there was this idea that 
San Diego Loyal was going to potentially build a modular stadium over there on the sports arena site. So, you know, they take about three months, somewhere in that range. Um, you know, they, they have a, you know, they, a dedicated seating section where they actually have chairs with backs on them. And, you know, a lot of it is sort of uh, similar to what you see at Torero Stadium with the bench-type seating, right? But at Torero, it's a concrete structure with aluminum benches there on the north side of the stadium. This is entirely uh, steel, aluminum, whatever the, the metal is. So you're right. Like you can certainly, that place has got the potential to be really, really loud if their supporters start stamping their feet and making a bunch of noise and not just the supporter section as well, but like the actual fans in the stands. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it's about what I expected. I mean, I think that there's, you know, you can certainly find a, a couple of, you know, a couple of things that, you know, you look and you say, well, you know, it feels very temporary, you know, and I'm sure that, that, you know, Phoenix rising seems to have, keep, you know, upgrading and upgrading and upgrading, right? Like it's a club that started at the Peoria sports complex where the Padres played. And then it's a club that went and moved to Scottsdale stadium where the giants hold spring training. And, you know, then they built their stadium and now they've moved down the road in Chandler. So, you know, I'm sure their, their end game is to be an MLS club and, you know, build an MLS caliber facility at some point, a soccer specific stadium. But, you know, I sort of dig it. It's theirs and, you know, people have to grow into it. it you know, clearly doesn't have a ton of personality because it's the first match that's ever been played there. So there's no history outside of a four, one curb stomping of SD loyal, but you know, I think it's cool. Like, I think it's, you know, it's cool that they, they seem to be, you know, moving rising does moving in the right direction here that they, you know, that they're, they're upgrading. It's not Louisville, right? I mean, it's not, you know, I don't even know that it's RGV at this point, since I just had a chance to, to watch the, the loyal next, uh, the, the next opponent for loyal. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, I give them credit, like they built something and it's theirs and, and, you know, now they're, uh, they have a successful squad as well to put out there on, on the field after every night. Yeah. I did wonder how long they plan to be at that stadium because it is a club that I imagine has MLS aspirations. I'm pretty sure they're on the record saying as such, that would not be the stadium they would play in if they were in major league soccer. I don't know how long they plan to play there. It's probably a stadium that's going to deal with a lot of wear and tear based on the location, um, the heat, the sun beating down, the sand, the wind, all of it. So it it is a temporary stadium. It is clearly theirs. It's red. It's black. Phoenix Rising logos everywhere. The people that were there were really loud, jammed together really, really tight. Flags were flying. There were smoke bombs. There There was like a strobe light. They were having a good time where we were. We were opposite. We were up in the corner up high a little bit. We were right on top of what was the TV broadcast booth. Overall, pretty, pretty cool. It's out there. That's for sure. It's the first time I've ever been to Chandler. I'm not an expert on Arizona. It's definitely theirs. You, you, you see that stadium and it's everything about it is rising. Yeah. And, and, you know, I know a little bit about the area. My in-laws used to live on the east, on the west side of the valley, which is on the complete opposite side of Phoenix from where we were. You know, as a matter of fact, when I told my wife, who grew up in the area, who went to high school in the area, that we were going to the match, and she's like, oh, okay, cool. You know, she figured Phoenix Rising somewhere in Phoenix, right, in Scottsdale. I was like, yeah, what do you, what do you know about Chandler? She's like, Chandler? Why are you going to Chandler? <laughs> she, like, didn't understand that that's where uh, the, that the club had put its facility. So, you know, she didn't know much about it. She found a couple of restaurants for us. And uh, she said, yeah, I mean, it's like, it would be like traveling to La Mesa. And I don't know what sort of, I don't know what sort of fans they're going to get from the West side of the Valley. Like, I don't know if you're going to get people that you're going to pull in from different parts 
Uh, they seem to have a pretty loyal, pretty good fan base there, right? Like, you know, they've got a couple of different supporters groups and Los Banditos, who, uh, to your point, were making a lot of noise and brought in the band and brought in the smoke and brought in the strobe. So it was really cool to see that, you know, to feel that again, right? Like, like you know, I've only been a one. Like, last sporting event I went to with fans was March 7th at Torero Stadium. That was in 2020. You know, so it's been a really long time. And, and hearing that, like, it reminded me a lot of, like, La Masacre going down to – uh, Tijuana and, and watching the supporters group there from, from club Tijuana, all those times, all those years, Jordan, that we would go. So like, I love that sound, right? Like that energy, just that vibe. So I thought that was really, really great. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I want to see the success of the league. Right. So I want to see this club be supported. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, we, we see some of the other stuff happening in the league where like you lose Reno 1868, you're like, Oh shit. You know, then you're, quickly reminded this is second division soccer and, and maybe not the firmest ground financially for clubs to be standing on. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it, again, it had like a little bit of that, uh, you know, the temporary feel to it just because, you know, it was modular and, and some of that stuff felt like it could be broken down and put away, you know, and then put back up again for before the next match. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, I'm with you. I loved being our, up at our elevation where we were, that was sort of a last minute thing for us. I suppose if we want to talk a little bit about our technical issues with match day live, we sort of were planning on being in a different place. Thought we were going to be in a second place. Ultimately we ended up on top of the, the television broadcast, but we've got had an amazing view. I mean, we just, you know, we were able to overlook it all post-match. We went on the opposite side of the field. We went on top of some of their luxury suites and their owner's box. So, you know, that was really cool as well. So yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know who it was. Somebody said a little, you know, that it felt a little like high school football-ish with the metal bleachers. You know, maybe there's some truth to that. But, you know, again, like, you know, that's that's going to be a really cool thing for them, you know, that they've got their own stadium and that they've got their own vibe. And, you know, ultimately, like any place, you know, we're, we're playing at Torero Stadium for now. You know, it is going to be what you make out of it. And certainly, I, you know, I think that, that you know, their fans, as much as we had some some playful banter back and forth with them, uh, you know, they, 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 uh, <laughs> I think they'll make the most out of it. Yeah. It's impossible to leave that stadium and not think, what would this look like if it were San Diego Loyals? Like if this was all Tory green and it were the locals and Chavos and you have the, uh, away section in the corner, like what would this look like for SD loyal? It's impossible not to think of that. Uh, especially I'm sure it was like that on television. I really didn't get a great look at the television broadcast. I've seen highlights, um, I haven't gone back and watched the entire match. They had something that definitely caught my attention, deep fried tacos. They were selling deep fried yeah. tacos right next to us. I, I don't know if I've ever come across a deep fried taco, maybe at the fair. It sounds like something you could probably get at the fair, but I guess, is that not just a chalupa? Yeah, I, I will say I, you know, it's been a while since I traveled, Jordan. There were a couple of mistakes that were made. Number one, I traveled without TSA pre-check. Absolutely fucking brutal. Almost yeah, thanks, missed a, thanks a lot. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, what do you mean, thanks a lot? You didn't exactly take one for the team and wait with me. You just moved right ahead. So, <laughs> what? You think I'm going to wait in that hour line when I have well, TSA pre check? Why am I going to sign up for TSA pre check and be responsible if I'm just going to have to be stuck in some stupid line because someone I, else couldn't remember it? I get it. So, don't say thanks a lot. As if this somehow inconvenienced you, like you left me like I would have left you. I mean, it, that's. that's that's the right thing to do in that situation. I'm not asking you to be a martyr and have to sit there with the commoners, people who don't know what the fuck they're doing, like they've never been on a flight. So Rookie no I'm a, mistake. 
Yeah, it's terrible. But mine expired during the pandemic and I applied for global entry. And that takes like a year. It takes so long to get an appointment. So at any rate, and then the second mistake was I had forgotten when you leave San Diego, like you're just really running a risk if you order Mexican food anyplace else, <laughs> you know, like whether that was the lunch that we had or whether that's some of the fried taco stuff, like you're just, yeah, you know, it's, it's another huge mistake to make when you leave the city, like you really got to pick and choose your, 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 your Mexican food options very, very carefully. And I, I failed on both of those fronts. Yeah. We couldn't find any El Pastor with the pineapple on top. I'm glad to be home. So loyal, take a beating. They take on RGV on Thursday. It's a five o'clock match. Darren and I will have the pre-match coverage match day live starting at four 30. Stay tuned. We're going to be out and about in San Diego. We'll give you the details as soon as we have them. Quick turnaround for them. I don't know what to expect from SD Loyal. I think my main takeaways from the match itself, Darren, I thought Landon Donovan summed it up quite well. Uh, he said the team just really didn't seem to be prepared for that one. He took responsibility for it. Um, clearly, there was just nothing going well. The defense really wasn't playing as well as we've seen it in the past. It wasn't working out at all. Um, you dealt uh, with an injury to Stoneman on that back line rather early. That clearly negatively impacts the defense, um, and they just couldn't adjust. And it didn't look like they were – even if Stoneman had stayed in, I don't know how much it really would have changed. Um, the offense, you, you really wanted to see Corey Herzog. There was so much excitement, um, at least from my end, because you kind of heard Guido and Herzog talking about goal celebrations and what they had uh, prepared for Phoenix. And so you're so excited to see what they're going to bring to the table. It, Loyal never were really able to connect things enough to really put them in any opportunities to be dangerous. So I don't know. There wasn't a lot of positives. I think the biggest positive probably from that is that it's over and you get to move on and you get to go to take on RGV and it's a quick turnaround. I don't know if it gets much easier. RGV had a great result and you're going to their house once again. So you're on the road a lot to start. You're not going to take every single point on the road on this trip, clearly with the loss to Phoenix. But that was, I guess, my main takeaways coming home from Chamber. Yeah. yeah and, and, you know, there's different ways that you can you can sort of set up this conversation right like we could preface it by saying well let's talk about the positives and it sounds like you're trying to sugarcoat it you know or or polish the turd as as uh you know or as often is said in broadcasting right like i'm not here to try to polish up the turd i mean all you need to know is loyal's best player was trey muse who's the goalkeeper who allowed four goals right so like you know that's what kind of night it was that's what sort of debut it was like your goalkeeper who allowed four goals in the match was probably your best player on the night. So uh, it didn't, uh, it didn't go well. It just, none of it went well. And, and I also think that this is uh, a bit of a reminder that Phoenix rising is a record setting caliber club that has won 35 times in its last 50 matches that set all sorts of records for goal differential and for goals scored and for points just a couple of years back. They are uh, Western Conference champs. They've won the West two times in the last three years. Even after losing a 14-goal scorer like Junior Frummings, they still have two-time league MVP in uh, Asante Samuel. So, like, they've just got so much going on. Like, you know, they spend a lot of money. They, they have uh, deeper deep pockets right now. And they flexed. And, you know, they came out and they reminded everybody that this is a championship-caliber club. And we've talked about loyal in the capacity of starting season number two and 
trying to pick up where it was that they left off and turning itself into a playoff contender. We talked about it last podcast. Would we all sign up for finishing fourth in the Pacific? Yeah, absolutely. We all would have done that. But like, that was one where you're like, yeah, loyal. Uh, you know, I've heard the word embarrassing several times from people who work at the club and the, they were embarrassed on national television. There's no other way to say it. Like there's nothing else you can say. They got, uh, as, as we said on the post-match show, they got their pants pulled down on national television. Sometimes you got to remember like Phoenix is really freaking good. It's not to say that the, you know, that, that that's the only storyline of the match. I thought loyal played terribly. Uh, and I'm really, really curious to see the way they come out on Thursday night against Toros. Right. And that's going to be a huge thing, right? How do you respond to something like this? That's when you really start to learn some stuff. Um, and again, it's still really, really early in the season. It's not a shortened season like we had in 2020. So there is a little bit of time early on, but I think part of the disappointment that came from that match is the fact that none of us really got to see many preseason games. And I saw one. Um, And honestly, like I was preparing to do interviews, doing that kind of stuff. So I really didn't get to watch it as well as I would if I'm just sitting down in front of a television. So I really didn't get a lot of exposure uh, to SD Loyal in the preseason, just like a lot of the supporters, because the games were broadcasted for a variety of reasons. And so I think I kind of let my imagination get the better of me because of that. Because, I mean, I'm on the pre-match show, and I think I'm on there saying, I think Loyal are legitimately going to win. I don't always say that on that show. I don't say it just because that's what you're kind of like supposed to do on a loyal pregame show. You know, Um, I haven't always picked them to win in that scenario. I really thought loyal could go in and win. I think my imagination got the best of me because I just didn't see them, you know? And so there's a, there's a heightened level of disappointment because I'm sure I'm not the only one in San Diego uh, who let their imagination get away a little bit and think, wow, they can go to Phoenix in their brand new stadium season opener. They're going to be prepared. Look at all this talent that came in. And maybe we do start to see that talent, gel much better uh quickly and maybe it takes some time it's to be seen we'll find out uh but i do think part of the disappointment was the fact that you really didn't get to see much preseason and then you're excited for the debut and you're kind of just left like ah well okay but you get to go that's the best part the quick turnaround rgv thursday five o'clock so we'll see how they respond yeah i mean and then you know it's also we also had five players debut you know on national Mm -hmm. television here after this preseason that you just mentioned. So, and, you know, let's not forget that we saw loyal play rising three times last year. One time loyal, you know, was, was you know, really you know, at the point of the season where they couldn't buy a goal to save their lives. This is pre Guido pre Barry and pre Rubio Rubin, who by the way is only off to an amazing start in major league soccer with two goals and two assists in two matches. He's been, you know, let's, let's not forget, that as good as Corey Herzog is, as good as Nikki Jackson, we think will be, you know, they just lost Rubio Rubin, who's freaking fantastic. And off Shout to a out. great soccer, right? And Alejandro Guido, Jordan was not capable of playing 90. Landon said afterwards that, you know, he's been dealing with a little bit of a knock there during the preseason. So he came on at halftime and I thought things looked a little bit better, but then the match completely got away from them. So, you know, from that standpoint, I, I was with you. You know, we, we remember that first match being competitive, even though it was two goals to none in favor of rising. And then the second time in Phoenix, Loyal walks out of there winning three goals to two. And then they were, you know, beating them down at Torero Stadium in that final match of the year where Rubio Rubin has a hat trick. So, you know, you know, that, like, yeah, and, it, and, you know, that's, that's all part of it. You know, there was a confidence there that we knew that Loyal was not going to feel intimidated now, maybe that, that opinion came from playing in, in, you know, in an empty stadium or, you know, playing, 
last year with different players. What did you think about the crowd? I mean, you know, we talked about it on Match Day Live, the pregame. Hopefully people had a chance to hear this, this part of our pregame. That, um, you know, having a crowd and, and having the supporter section right behind Trey Muse, who's debuting, who's 21 years old, and, uh, uh, you know, a back line that had never played together in a competitive match with Joshua Yarrow, who just is announced a couple of days before, and Tommy V and Grant Stoneman, like this line, like communicating and having fans, like, I know they're professionals, right? Like I, I pitched this to somebody at the club and they said, well, these guys are professional athletes. You should be used to dealing with that. But when you haven't dealt with that in like 14, 15 months, you know, you're still a human. Like I thought like, I thought rising really harnessed the energy of the crowd for their good. And I can't help but think that, that, you know, the energy there, you know, that it would be in right behind, uh, you know, loyal when, when you know, the match starts, like, you know, I, I can't help but think that maybe they got a little jittery as a result of that. Some of that is rising, but I think some of that is also the crowd. It was a moment you want to move on from, you want to forget because it was embarrassing. It's on national television. It's not the way you wanted to start the season. Nothing seemed to go well. There were injuries to add salt to the wound. Uh, you just wanted the night to be over. You just wanted to go home. You wanted to take your ball and go home. Essentially. That's how it kind of felt. So you move forward, you move on, and that's what they'll do against RGV. Um, it's a lot on the road to start. So, like, they really – you don't want to fall too far behind. So, you don't want to just start on this slow pace and you have all this time in the world, even because it's a longer season. You, you want to see a good response. That's what you want to see coming up on Thursday. You want to see Herzog score. You want to see – um, you want to see Guido playing more than 45 minutes. Those are the, mo that's where you want to see some progress going forward and some like early progress. That's not something you really want to wait around for. Um, anything else missed? I thought it was cool that the, uh, the locals, well, I don't know if it were the locals actually, I just know there was a local scarf. So I'm, I'm assuming it's someone with the locals found its way into the stadium early on. Um, yeah. I thought that was pretty, pretty cool. Um, so I noticed at least there was some San Diego representation in that stadium early on that week. I saw at least uh, four faces, Jordan, that I recognize from different soccer watch parties here in San Diego over the years. At least four. I'm going to keep it to myself. If people want to put themselves out there on social media. That's their business. One of them we had on our post-match show, so I don't think there's going to be any big surprise here with our guy Scuba Steve. Scuba the Steve, busted. <laughs> the president of the locals. But, yeah, I saw other familiar faces when I was there as well. So yeah, it just was a mess, man. Like it was, it was just like a mess of a performance. You know, it's funny as I had time to think about it afterwards, like I can distinctly remember, you know, and I said on the post-match show, you asked what I thought about Corey Herzog and Nikki Jackson. I was like, I don't, I couldn't tell you much that they did, you know, right. but yeah, like much I, of an opportunity, did they? I can remember Corey, like making a run towards the goal. And like, I'm, cause I would keep my eyes on him, right? Like, you know, television, is one thing, but when you're there, you can pay attention to different stuff that maybe the, the camera's not focused on. And I remember I'm watching Herzog. I just want to watch, you know, his work rate, all that sort of stuff. And I see him making a run towards the goal. And then I'm like, all right, where's the ball? Like the ball's being passed back to the keeper. You know, I'm like, uh, it's that kind of night, you know, like he's going one way, the ball's going the other direction. And, you know, it just, uh, it just, you know, it's that kind of night, man. So what can you do? Hopefully it becomes a footnote on a successful season. And, you know, I will say 32 matches, but next one at RGV and then at Tacoma two Thursdays from now, and then at Louisville as well. So, you know, this is four straight to start and Louisville not expected to be a pushover, even though, you know, their managerial situation is, is a bit 
bizarre. But, you know, that's four straight, and I, I'm with you on that. It's a longer season, so, you know, you got a little bit of time here. But, you know, you'd, you'd like to see a result coming home after Thursday night. And I'm also interested to see, like, do you just roll the same lineup out there? Do you rotate a little bit? Like, who's going to be available? Is is Guido going to be available to start? Is, is Stoneman going to be available? I mean, I, I don't have any info on that whatsoever. But, you know, I'm, I remember last year they opened – and then their second match was a weekday match at Tacoma, and they rotated heavily. So I'm, I'm curious to see what it looks like when they get down there to South Texas. Yeah, I, I think it's not only difficult to start the season with so many on the road. These are difficult teams on the road. You know, yeah. Phoenix opening a brand-new stadium, RGV looking very good against New Mexico. Louisville, as you bring up, that's a very, very good squad. So it's on the road against very good teams. So that's the start. That's the way it's going to go. How do you respond? Do you make any changes in the starting 11? Uh, it seems like there's a chance at least that Landon is forced into making one change just due to an injury. So we'll see. Well, I'm very curious about Grant Stoneman. Very curious because he was the only player for loyal to play every single minute last year. Like that's an important piece. That's not a player that you want to, you don't want to lose anyone, but especially that's not a player you want to lose. No, I mean, that's a guy you just write into the starting 11 and you build yes. everything around it. Like when, you know, I don't know that Landon literally will write this out, but I'm guessing for the most part last year when he was writing out a starting 11, he would write in Grant Stoneman and then he'd go, hmm, now who else do I got? All right, I got Kempin. Let me write him in here because if he's there, he's going to start. And, you know, and, you know, let me figure it out after, after there, you know, so I'm with uh, that, that one, that one stung a little bit. Hopefully that's nothing too serious. Again, match day live, 4.30 on Thursday. We're on YouTube. Check it out. We're going to be out and about. We'll keep you updated where we're going to be. So hopefully you can join us safely. Uh, Darren, anything else with Loyal? Are you good? Yeah, I do want to remind uh, or uh, thank everybody um, who contributed to the show. You know, like we asked you guys to, uh, we've got a post game segment called The Chatter. And uh, you guys uh, had a lot to chat about. So uh, keep those comments coming. Like we, we want to, we want to make this interactive. We just don't want it to be Jordan and me sitting there at some venue, wherever we might be or at home. Like we want you guys involved and we want you guys giving us your thoughts. And I can tell you this also, the club is paying attention to the things that you guys say. We were there, we were, you know, we had club executives around us and, and they're watching what you guys say as well. So that's a really, really good thing. I think that that sort of feedback is really important. It's beneficial to us. And uh, it's certainly a, a great platform for you to, to chime on in too. Yeah. And shout out Scuba Steve, El Presidente of the locals for joining us on the post-match show. If you missed it, you can go back on the loyal YouTube channel and you can watch the pre and you can watch the post. You can also watch our, uh, our season preview as well. And if I can say just one other thing, Jordan, because I think, you know, I, I think that, that, you know, this is important. You and I post-match uh, had a chance to meet the manager of Phoenix rising Rick Shantz. And, you know, that might not be a name that everybody remembers, but he's a person who I'm guessing most people who are watching this podcast remember because he was managing Phoenix Rising last year when we had this terrible incident at Torero Stadium where Colin Martin is, um, you know, the victim of a homophobic slur from rising player Junior Flemings. And Rick Shantz is, is caught like saying, what's the big deal? Like, what's the big deal? Like, come on, soccer, it's competition. Yeah. And if you were to say, well, what do you think happens to Rick Shantz? I would have said, oh, you're going to get fired. Like that dude's getting fired. No doubt about it. And uh, he didn't get fired. They, you know, administrative leave suspension, whatever it is you want to call. He leaves the club and almost immediately uh, it sounds like from people who have reported on such things, you know, from, from anywhere to local coverage, 
to a, a website called outsports.com, which focuses on the LGBTQ plus uh, issues in sports. Uh, he has certainly invested a lot of time in trying to make himself a better person as a result of this moment. And I know it's easy to be cynical and it's easy to be doubtful and it's easy to say, well, hey, I formed this opinion based on this, on this one minute clip that I saw of him. But we had a chance and, and he was pretty open with us. I thought, you know, that he's like, you know, first he was like, oh, yeah, we look forward to, you know, seeing San Diego a bunch more times. And, you know, it's going to be really a tough season and they're going to be better than what we saw out there tonight. We know that, like, you know, they're too good, too much talent. And then he was pretty open talking about what his life was like since that moment. And, you know, what he's done and, and how he's gone from a position of, of tolerance to acceptance and how his own family members, his 14-year-old daughter really helped him through this. Like, I'm, I, I find myself now glad that Rising didn't fire him just because it feels like this has turned into much more of a positive story that his apology has been accepted by Colin Martin. It's been accepted by the LGBTQ community. And, you know, he seemed very, very sincere. I don't know him from a can of paint. I just met him just like you for the first time ever. I know what we saw that night at Terrero Stadium. But I want to say, like, like Phoenix Rising and their supporters have responded about as well to that moment as you could imagine anybody ever responding. And I just want to – I know he, he took a lot of heat and deservedly so from a lot of supporters around the world, including right here in San Diego. But he seemed to, to really, truly – turn this into a learning experience for him and his club. And, and I just want to uh, just mention that before we move on. Yeah. Um, I also heard him say he hopes to see San Diego loyal in the Western conference final, but there was one caveat, Darren, as long as that match was in Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to see, uh, we will see that club uh, a couple more times and coming up rather quickly, June 19th, Torero stadium, Phoenix rising. So that is that um, from Chandler, Darren quickly. I said, I was pretty excited for this week. I got to give you a quick thought on Chelsea, Real Madrid, some champions league action. We're going to find out who's going to be in the champions league final by midweek man city take on PSG Tuesday, man city lead at two one on aggregate Chelsea, Real Madrid uh, tied up one, one that's going back to Stamford bridge. They're going to London for that one. Second leg is Wednesday. Both of these matches noon here in San Diego, Everyone is picking Real Madrid. Are you giving Chelsea a chance? Giving a chance. Okay, Mike McCoy. Nobody's giving us a chance. I'm asking you, are you going to give them a chance, Darren? Yeah, I am, actually, because I think Madrid looks genuinely tired. They've also been, like, dragged back into this title race that they really were willing to give up on. They were like, like, we don't even want to be in the league race anymore. Like, we just want to focus on Champions League. And Barca shits the sheets the other day. So now they're still back smack dab in the middle, just two points back of Atletico Madrid. They were talking about starting their reserve team in their league match over the weekend. And then Barca drops points. Now they're back in it. Mm. So <laughs> I think they do look tired, but I will say. And you're A not gift a from Barca. Yeah. Well, uh, for you. Yeah. And, and I will say, I don't know how much of an appreciation you have for Kareem Benzema, but man, like, you know, I know he didn't play in England, so he didn't get a lot of attention, but man, he is just a terrific, terrific player. I still think it's a toss up for me. I still think Madrid just has a, a real knack, a real nose for this tournament. It matters to them on a different level than their domestic league, than their domestic cup. So I, I really do. I think it's toss up here. I, I do think I do see city moving through, although I would have preferred that they killed the match off against PSG, but PSG 
fell apart predictably in the second half again. So, um, you know, I, I, I give it a toss up. I really do. I, I you know, I, not, neither, neither result would surprise me between Chelsea and Real Madrid at this point. Yeah. It does seem like a, a total toss up there. You mentioned PSG collapsing. They didn't just collapse. They fell apart rather quickly. Like that yeah. was that they became a dumpster fire. Really, really. They were a Ferrari going flying down the freeway. Yeah. And next thing you know, they're just on fire on the side of the road. I don't know what happened there. Gave up multiple goals, red cards. Like what happened? What happened? It, it was, it got ugly really, really fast. Um, so city, you're going to go back to Manchester up to one with two away goals. And you could go ahead and slot city into the final. Unless Mbappe does Mbappe things, which Mbappe tends to do. We yeah. will find out. I still think city get through. It's a toss up for Chelsea and Real Madrid. They're going back to London. I really wish they got more than just one away goal. I have a feeling that might be the difference. We'll see how it plays out. But that is this week, something to pay attention to and something I'll definitely be watching. That was, uh, you must have been, kill- you must have just been furious early on. I mean, God, that, that should have been two. I mean, that should have been two early on. And then who knows the way the rest of the match plays out. Right. Yeah, exactly. Thanks a lot, Werner. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Um, and then also I saw this, I wish I could watch this on television, but it's not televised, unfortunately. And that is something that needs to change. Chelsea were playing in the champions league semifinals, the women's team, they advanced against Bayern earlier today. They're playing Barca's women's team in the champions league final. So neither side have ever won a champions league final. I wish I could have watched this early on because I was following along on Twitter. That's how I, it grabbed my attention. And I wanted to watch it, but part of the conversation that was happening was that it's not televised and that's a huge problem. Champions league semifinal. Come on. That thing deserves to be televised. What are we doing here? So do you want to give that a shout out? Not not streamed on CBS? No, I couldn't, I couldn't find it. And that's yeah. Did you find it? No, I didn't. uh, But we'll, we'll have to watch the final somewhere. That should be good. Yeah. Hopefully the final is televised. Yeah, it should be. Yes, it should be, but I wouldn't assume. I, we shouldn't assume that. Um, yeah. All right. And that's what's going on in Champions League. Anything else we yeah. need to get to? Uh, yeah, let me just say, I mean, it's a super competitive race in La Liga. Uh, Atletico Madrid on top of 76 points. Real Madrid, Barcelona, two back at 74. Sevilla, this is a legitimate four-club race in La Liga. Top four all play each other coming up this Saturday. Sevilla plays Real Madrid. Atletico Madrid plays Barcelona. Saturday morning, 7.15 a.m., Serrano's in Coronado is going to be open at 7.15 for the match. So if you are a Barca fan, and only a Barca fan, you can hang out with us at Serrano for Atleti and Barca. Uh, The winner of – if Barca wins, they move top of the table, although due to tiebreakers, Real Madrid has that. But Sevilla and Madrid, Atletico and Barcelona, pretty good weekend this weekend. The top four all play each other. So I'm not invited. Yeah, you are. You're not rooting oh. for Atlet. Okay, he said only if you're a Barca fan. Or don't be pulling for Atletico. That's all. Please, please. That oh. dumpster of a club. Chelsea took care of them in the Champions League. Who cares about right. them? Exactly right, boy. Ran about- through that Madrid team. Now we're about to run through the other Madrid team. How about Luis Suarez having a chance to put a nail in Barca's coffin? Oh. Don't do it to Messi. He's too close with Messi to do that to him. Hey, man, he's trying to win too. <laughs> Should be wild. All right. And the last thing, man, what did you think today? I mean, we're recording on Sunday. Oh, yes. 
I mean, what a, an amazing, amazing scene at Old Trafford that you have Manchester United, Liverpool, one of the biggest fixtures on the planet, indefinitely postponed as a result of Manchester United's own fans showing up to protest against their own club's ownership. Wow, that is a pretty indelible memory, I would think, for any fan anywhere in the world to watch the way that unfolded today. Um, that seems like it can be a very impactful moment, doesn't it? Yeah. That's the sense. And sometimes it, things can get overhyped on social media rather easily. What happened at Old Trafford earlier today seems like it's going to be an impactful moment for that club. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. And maybe for that league as well. I don't, you know, I know last time we were on, we both, we, we sort of all agree that like the cynics that we are, we've seen the money and the influence in sports that it has. So we tend to believe that things like the Super League are probably going to come back at some point. And, you know, I, I, I was with you on that. But, you know, now all of a sudden it feels like there's a little bit of momentum where fans, you know, seem to, to say, wait, we're not just happy because we interrupted the Super League or temporarily delayed it. We're now calling for structural systemic change in the sport, particularly in England, obviously, which, which though I have many emotions about watching people kicking open doors and storming into places that are a little too reminiscent of other things that we've seen, um, you know, on a much more serious level, I, I will say there is something that is uh, quite uh, captivating about watching fans want to take their sport back and not have everything just dictated by, by the business side of it. And, you know, there seems to be some genuine momentum for, you know, whatever it is that that reform is going to look like in England. So what, but those are just, I mean, those were incredible things to watch. I mean, watching NBC do like a live show, while they're splitting the screen between the actual Arsenal match and then what else was happening was, was something like you just don't prepare to see at all, ever, like in life. You just don't expect to see that. Yeah. And it, like Manchester United against Liverpool, City about to win a league. It's just, there's a lot. It's very layered. There's a lot going into that. Yeah. And um, it's quite, quite the moment. It's going to be an unforgettable moment for uh, all the supporters of that club. Yeah. All right, Darren, uh, podcast early on in the week, which is nice. We'll be back Thursday for the pre-match show, 4.30. We're on YouTube. It's on San Diego Loyal's YouTube channel, uh, not the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. We do have a YouTube page if you do want to check that out. We also have a website. Check that out. We will upload a video from our travels to Chandler, Arizona. So make sure you check that out, unnamedsoccerpod.com. Are you waiting for me to say something? No, that's good. All right, are we done? Yeah. Peace out.